This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. There are stakes in every game. There are only 16 of these in the National Football League. The stakes on Saturday, probably the highest they had been all season long until we get to week 17. That is what makes what happened on Saturday at State Farm Stadium so frustrating. Even worse, disbelief that the performance the Cardinals put forth against the 49ers and the results of a 20-12 loss. That was Saturday, of course, 48 hours later. The Cardinals find out that they are regain control of their own playoff destiny. But first things first, and that is looking back at Week 16 and a very MJ disappointing game against the 49ers, considering what was on the line and considering the 49ers were not the 49ers that we know. There were a lot of players in the suite watching that game and Instead of being on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those deals where we, we talk about they know what's at stake, and they came out flat. And as Coach pointed out, they got out-coached and out-played. And it's mind-boggling, and I know they're human, they're not robots, but you're playing for something. And, you know, when you score 12 points uh, in any football game, you're not going to win. But defensively, the last couple of weeks, they've given up a ton of yards on the ground. It, it, listen, offense isn't, you know, producing when they get down to the red zone. So, But it, it's disappointing and frustrating because you're playing for something, and unfortunately – Regardless of the Niners, I mean, they were playing for pride. And you could tell they were playing for C.J. Beathard based on what happened in the offseason, losing his brother. So um, at the same time, though, that, that was a, that, going into that game, that was, should have been very winnable for the Arizona Cardinals. B-Train, you had a unique perspective on Saturday as you and Paul Calvisi were on the call filling in for Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley. What stood out to you? What frustrated the most? What angered you the most? The thing that frustrated and angered me the most was the lack of energy and the lack of enthusiasm. I know that there aren't people in the stands or there weren't a lot of people in the stands, but you've experienced this all year. You've known what this has been about all year. And the fact that you had everything in front of you to go out there and, and, and play well and to, to lay an egg of that magnitude at home, it was just so disappointing. I, I just couldn't believe the, the energy level of, of the players on the field and, and you could talk about X's and O's. You could talk about execution and game plan and all that kind of stuff. I just didn't like the energy that I saw from the, the, the sideline and the players on the field. We rewatching that game on Amazon and locally on CBS. The words that were used by the broadcast was uninspiring, 
and that the Cardinals slept in. They weren't ready to play a 2.30 kickoff, which uh, is really mind-boggling. But at the end of the day, they have to overcome this, put it in the rearview mirror. There is that 24-hour rule, and I think many of those players and coaches just kind of flushed it at the end of the day and looked forward. Thanks to the Seattle Seahawks, the Cardinals regained control of their own playoff distance. It's very simple. Beat the Rams on Sunday in L.A., and they make the playoffs. Yet at the same time, it's the consistency factor of this entire 2020 season that has left many people scratching their heads, including the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. We just have to find a way to, to take the next step, um, not have these these moments where we don't feel like uh, we, we played as well as we could, coached as well as we could. Um, I just think it's it's part of the process. we got to continue to work hard and find more consistency because we have moments that were really good, and then we have games that we wish we'd have back and you got to eliminate those that is the next step right be trained to figure out a way they certainly have the talent but now figure out a way to make sure that you are ready to play each and every week because the championship caliber teams do that and can get away without playing their best at times and the cardinals that's where they want to be it has to be a gut check it has to be a reality check a look yourself in the mirror type of situation for the players in that locker room yes Ultimately, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be held responsible for that, and to a degree, rightfully so. But the players are the ones that are going to have these memories for the rest of their life. They're the ones that are going to have this resume uh, attached to them forever, and, and they'll look back on this, on this game and, and they'll be, wow, what were we thinking in that situation? And, and uh, the, the good thing about it is you've actually been given another week to, to get yourself right. And so uh, even as bad as it looked, there's still hope and there's still an opportunity to get yourself into postseason. And you've got to make sure that 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 doesn't happen again. And I think that has to come from the leaders in that locker room and the guys that have been there and done that. They have to explain to the other guys, listen, this is what you play for. This is what you do all that weight training for. This is what you do all those uh, conditioning for in the offseason and sacrifice that you make for your family. Uh, this is what it's all about, and, and it's down to one game, and they've got to figure out exactly do they want to make the playoffs or don't they. The opportunity is there coming up on Sunday, January 3rd, first game of 2021, the last game of the 2020 regular season. So, yeah, there is another opportunity. Of course, the immediate aftermath of Saturday was a lot of frustration. Here's DJ Humphreys. Definitely disappointing. I mean, this is the closest I've been to the playoffs since my rookie year. One of those things that you want to have, you definitely continue searching for. But, you know, it's still in front of us. We just got to go out and play our best ball and let the chips fall where they may. But it's definitely frustrating. Last time this team made the postseason, MJ, 2015. You can argue whether they deserve to make the playoffs after a loss like that. That doesn't matter. I mean, if they win on Sunday, they're invited to the dance, and all you need is an invitation to the dance, and then we'll see what happens. But first and foremost, it's putting Saturday behind them and focusing on the Rams. Yeah, and we've got a chance to talk to a couple players on Tuesday uh, earlier before the show, and that's the mindset between Justin Pugh and Jordan Hicks, and I would consider those guys leaders in the locker room. Yeah, it's just, it's a situation where we look back at the season, you know, the inconsistency across the board. And 
they've shown flashes, and I definitely make uh, think they made strides from last year and, and the last two years. But you know, to say they don't deserve to make the playoffs, well, the NFL has you know at the end of the year they don't ask you how you win; they ask you how many wins you have. And this year they're going to take seven teams. So to say, you know, losing to the 49ers, well, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. I get that after the game, but if you qualify for the postseason, they've earned it on the field, and that's what we're going to find out, you know, Sunday Sunday night after the game. Didn't they say that about your team, B-Train, back in 2008? Uh, they did say we didn't deserve to have a home playoff game. They said we didn't deserve to be on the field at all. And, and, and we took it in stride, and we used it as motivation to get all the way to the Super Bowl. So it, it, it really isn't one of those where I think the, the collective body of work for this team, they've made, as, as Mike just said, they've made tremendous strides, and you can't, just look at the game Saturday and say, okay, they don't deserve to go based off of that. Every team is going to have a a clunker of a game during the course of the season, and that's just a fact. But it's what you do after that clunker is what really shows the type of character that you have in that locker room. And I believe that the Arizona Cardinals have the right character. Well, the last time this team lost two in a row, they strung together three straight wins, beating the Jets, Cowboys, and Seahawks on Sunday night football. And then, of course, everyone said they regrouped after losing to the Rams at State Farm Stadium with back-to-back performances against the Giants and Eagles. It's just making sure that those runs continue and are sustained and don't end after two or three games. Here's Christian Kirk. A lot of disappointment just because – you know, it's it's kind of been, you know, the story of, of most of our losses this year is, you know, we know how good we can be, you know, when we play at our best. And, you know, today was just one of those days where, you know, we just didn't play to the caliber of, you know, football that we know we can play at. And, you know, we let one slip. You know, over the last month, you know, coming off that losing streak, it was, you know, the Cardinals wanted to be 1-0. and And you can tell from the players, they've been told, do your job. Okay, and this team has talent, but also it seems like individuals, you know, are trying to put up numbers and it's a team sport. So uh, I think the message has been sent in the locker room. Do your job. Don't try to do too much. And when you start freelancing or, or, you know, you go off uh, script, it's going to hurt the football team. So do your job. And go one and zero this week, and maybe we're having a different conversation next Tuesday. We did not see a lot of that on Saturday against the 49ers. The offense, 350 yards, 4.4 yards per play. They ran 80 plays against a 49ers defense that was very banged up. And you look at what the 49ers B train was able to do against the Cardinals defense: 227 rushing yards, with Jeff Wilson going over 100 yards for only the second time in his career, and he had a lot of room, a lot of room to run. And really, the game was lost right there. When you start talking about being able to run the ball at eight yards a clip. That That is not the winning formula at this time of the season. If you are a playoff team and you're, you're one of the, the top teams in the NFC, you have to be able to top, stop the run. And the fact that they couldn't do it all game long where they just they gashed the Cardinals time and time again with third-string running back and a third-string quarterback and, and an offensive line that had gotten healthier but not really at full strength, you, you just wonder why. What, what was going on? What were they looking at? And, and what were the 49ers doing that had them so confused and, and, and so out-leveraged? It, it's something that they're going to have to really uh, face and, and be honest with themselves and, and make sure that they never have that type of situation again and, and that they walk off the field feeling that way. 
you know, a lot of people think it's a cliche. Let's play complimentary football. When this team is successful, and probably you can make the case around the league, when teams play complimentary football, you're going to win. And B-Train, you did the game. Numerous missed tackles, poor angles um, on both sides of the ball. I mean, as you know, playing in the trenches, that game was won in the trenches on Saturday by the Niners. The thing that I would say real quick, Craig, uh, before you start back again, is the mental errors. That's the one thing that I just couldn't understand. Why were there so many mental errors in week 16 of the NFL season? You've had the same calls. You've had the same playbook the entire season. And you've played this team before, and you knew what they were going to do. I didn't understand how you could have so many busted assignments when it mattered the most. That, that was another reason why it was so frustrating to watch that team perform Saturday. A very winnable game, and unfortunate the Cardinals did not come up with the W. They lose 20-12. to We'll continue talking about what did not happen on Saturday and also an update on Kyler Murray. These two quarterbacks of the quarter of the Cardinals and Rams, respectively, what is the health of a Kyler Murray and a Jared Goff? Well, you know definitively that Goff will not play this week, but what about Murray? Cardinals certainly definitely need their QB1 on the field this week against the Rams in a win-or-go-home scenario. Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Bertram Berry, and Mike Jarecki here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Kyler looking now to the left side, and it is incomplete. It hits the turf in front of DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray hit as he threw, and he's still on his back with a couple of Cardinals offensive linemen tending to him. Here comes the team trainer as the Niners celebrating on their sideline. As if things could not get any worse on Saturday. You lose, and then Kyler Murray finishes the game throwing an incomplete pass on fourth and six. Gets hit by Alex Barrett. Leg whipped according to the NFL Network. Stays on the ground for several minutes. Gets up. Walks off under his own power, but certainly hobbled off. Got attended to on the sideline by a couple of trainers and then into the locker room. Never went to midfield at the end of the game. Several 49ers players, however, came up to Kyler Murray to offer their encouragement. And now we are on Kyler Murray watch this entire week. What is his health? What is his status for a win or go home scenario when the Cardinals play at the Los Angeles Rams? Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We'll see how he feels this week. Um hopeful that he can be in position to to play and and you know do what he does we're not going to put him out there if, if he can't play um you know at a, at a high level and, and doesn't feel safe to play but um we'll just have to see how he progresses all we know for certain mj is kingsbury said murray has a lower leg injury going into nhl hockey mode as far as upper body lower body nothing more than that it was good to see murray walk back to the locker room and I would think at this point we'll wait to see what happens when the team hits the practice field on Wednesday that Murray right now is on his way or progressing towards playing on Sunday yeah and a lot of people say well you don't put him on the on the field if he's not 100 percent when you get to week 17 I don't know who's 100 percent now 
if he, because this is almost deja vu from a year ago where he had a hamstring injury, and it definitely affected him in Week 17 against the Rams. This is a little bit different here. So even if he's 80%, um, listen, if he gets cleared by the uh, the medical staff and he wants to play, he's going to be out there. Now you're going to have to make some adjustments, and Murray's maintained all along that he prefers to be a pocket passer, so maybe not so much running. But if he's hampered and he, he feels like he's hurting the team, then they're going to have to make a decision. But as we sit here on Tuesday, I anticipate, unless there's some setback, that he will play on Sunday. And I would be surprised as well, B-Train, if Murray is not on the field this Sunday, certainly with a lot at stake, and then knowing that a year ago he wasn't 100%, yet still was on the field to make sure he started all 16 games. And the fact that they didn't have anything to play for last year and he decided to play, that that just lets you know the probability of him not playing this coming Sunday is highly unlikely. So I fully expect Kyler Murray to be on the field when the Cardinals take the field, and, and, and he is going to be the guy that wants to be there in a win-or-go-home type of situation because he's been there every single game for his team, and he wants to be there and fight with his guys, and, and that's what a leader does, and, and he's still learning that role, and, and that's going to be one of those things that go a long way into solidifying his status amongst the players. Since he's been here with the Arizona Cardinals, no one has started a Cardinals game at quarterback, only Kyler Murray. Now the backup is Chris Strebler. He's appeared in four games this season, just two offensive snaps, the last coming in week two. And you also have Brett Hundley as well, but he's been inactive all season long. So that is the updates on Kyler Murray. And as we told you, Jared Goff will not play for the Rams. They're going with their own backup and John Walford. More on that in a moment. But right now we want to talk about how we can get this offense back in gear. Murray against the 49ers. 247 yards, passing an interception, sacked three times, did not have a touchdown of any kind. In fact, the only touchdown was Kenyon Drake, a touchdown run, and then a couple of Mike Nugent field goals. So you look, B-Train, at this offense, and they certainly have the talent. It's the execution that has been lacking, and, of course, shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and negative plays. Yeah, and, and the thing that, that was, was really concerning during the course of that game was the amount of penetration that the San Francisco 49ers defensive front was able to have against the Cardinals offensive line. You're talking about a unit that's been intact for the most part all season long, and, and Coach Cooler has done a great job of, of keeping these guys uh, in check and, and, and putting them in positions to be successful, and, and for whatever reason, it just didn't work on this past Saturday, and, and when you're not able to stop the penetration and, and they're playing in your your backfield, it's very difficult for whoever it is, whether it's Kyler or Chase or, or, or Kenyon, to get going and get positive yardage. If, if, if By the time you get the ball, a defender staring you right in the face, it's really difficult to, to get the ground game going. And I felt like that was a big reason why the Cardinals struggled so mightily on the offensive side. Well, you bring up Chase Edmonds. He's officially listed day-to-day with a hip injury, did not play that entire second half. And here's someone, MJ, that was entering Saturday's game on the injury report with ankle 
and knee issues, and now all of a sudden you add a hip. I didn't see where it happened, but when you don't have that one-two punch of a Drake in Edmonds, it certainly does a trickle-down effect the rest of the offense. Well, we know this team likes to pass the ball, but you have to set it up with the run, and, and I thought they definitely missed Chase Edmonds. I mean, you know, we were doing the post-game show, and somebody menaced, uh, mentioned Dennis Gardeck. Listen, they could have used anybody in that game, but, you know, you go to their first quarter and their first drive, Craig. Now, they weren't able to punch it in, but they went 11 plays, 74 yards, shoot up 450 of the clock, and you're thinking, all right, you know, when you get down to the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. But at the end of the day, they only had one touchdown, and as you mentioned, that was Kenyon Drake. You look at that first drive, and it did just didn't seem to materialize after that. As effective as that first drive was with the run and the pass, Kingsbury asked about that after game after the game on Saturday. You know, we had some opportunities there. Had a few penalties on some third and two to threes that put it in third and seven to eight, eight to nine. And that's um, when those guys are really tough because they can pin their ears back and rush. And um, so I got to give them a lot of credit. We, we didn't execute as well as we probably could have. I didn't call as good a plays as I could have, but uh, I got to you know, give them a ton of credit. I thought they were phenomenal defensively with the effort and their execution. And because we saw Kingsbury roll the dice so often on fourth down, they were four of six. It's because they were so unsuccessful on third down, only four of 16 on third down. And if you want to get keep that offense on the field, B-Train, you got to be able to move the chains. And the Cardinals, uh, very difficult against a depleted 49ers front. And that's the thing. When you can't open up your entire playbook, when you feel like you're just scrambling to trying to find calls that are going to work, uh, not having that element of the run, that's a big part of this offense, and that's what they've used to have so much success this year. And, and when that's not going, it puts so much more pressure on the offensive line as well as the skill position players to, to be perfect and to, to run the perfect route and to catch every single thing that's thrown your way and for Kyler to deliver the ball exactly where it needs to be. And it just seemed like they could never get going on the offensive side. And, and, and running the ball it was one of those things where – they were able to do it, and we couldn't. And consequently, that's basically what the ball game was. And and until they can figure that out, and and they're going to have another good front here uh, this next weekend. Uh, they they've got to make sure that they shore up those those areas of concern, and and make sure that we don't have a repeat performance of what we saw this past Saturday. Yeah, Craig, you mentioned Cardinals eighty offensive plays, average four point four. The Niners fifty five, seven point two. I mean four point four. I mean and the Cardinals did a decent job on on the Niners on third down, two for nine for twenty two percent. But a lot of their positive plays were on first and second down, so they didn't have to find you know, them behind the stick. So again, it's this is more about quality versus quantity when it came to the Niners offense. Well, you look at the Cardinals run game, 120 yards, that looks great, but then you factor in Kyler Murray accounted for 75 of those, and Kenyon Drake only had 45, and Chase Edmonds didn't get a carry at all. You need Drake and Edmonds to run the football, and yeah, you need Murray too as well, but this doesn't need to be a dynamic running offense, but you do need that aspect to kind of set up the pass, and that was not happening, and the 40 49ers were able to adjust and put more guys into coverage because they were so effective stopping the run with just six, seven, eight in the box. Christian Kirk thought the game plan was great heading in, but of course the mistakes during the game cost the team. We do a great job, you know, throughout the week, you know, during practice, executing the game plan. Uh, you know, it's just 
you know, when it comes to Sundays, you know, we, we just have those minor mishaps and, you know, some, some um, you know, technical, you know, errors when it comes to penalties and, you know, just missed assignments and whatnot. So you know, that's just the frustrating part is, you know, there's, there's you know, things that we can clean up that would, that would definitely help us out. Certainly doesn't seem like it takes much to knock this team off its balance beam, if you will, B-Train, because little things tend to become big things, and then they're just never able to get back on track. This is the part of the season where everybody knows what everybody's trying to do. They, the San Francisco 49ers know the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals know the San Francisco 49ers. Now it becomes execution and who can – execute the details that you just talked about the best. And overall, yeah, they, they know how they want to win and they know how to defend them, but then it becomes it comes down to those details and, and health. And I thought in that game the details are where the Cardinals lost the game and health was really not a big issue because the 49ers, quite frankly, were, were banged up uh, just like the Cardinals were, and, and both teams needed to execute the game plan, and, and the 49ers did – there is just a little bit better. So you tip your hat to them. It's a bad loss. You, you take it for what it is, and you move on. You don't throw away the whole season because of the one bad game. You've got to be able to compartmentalize. You've got to be able to move on because the Rams are absolutely not going to feel any type of sympathy for the Cardinals come Sunday afternoon. A week ago, the Cardinals had eight passing plays of 20 or more yards, helped in large part because of that running game, and that passing attack just did not get going against the 49ers. Case in point, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, eight catches, but just 48 yards receiving. Here's Christian Kirk. You know, it all starts with the run game, and, uh, you know, at times when, you know, if we're not running the ball successfully, you know, it's a little harder to, to, to get the offense back going, and, you know, this this offense, you know, prides itself on, on explosive plays, and, you know, we just, you know, lack those at times, and, you know, we were unable to get into our tempo stuff, so... Uh, you know, I think that's where we, we run some issues is just, you know, when, whenever our run game is a little unsuccessful. Their top uh, splash plays, Murray to uh, Keyshawn Johnson for 45, Murray to Christian Kirk for 38, and then Kyler Murray ran for 30 yards. After that, he had a pass from to DeAndre Hopkins for 22. But but in fairness to Cliff and Kyler and the offense, they did move Hopkins around. He did was in the slot. He was... Uh, had an opportunity for a slant pass that was deflected. So they are moving them around where they just need other receivers to step up. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, more targets, and Keyshawn Johnson. But, again, missing Chase Edmonds for the entire half really affected the running game, and we know how valuable he is in the passing game. Cardinals leading receiver Christian Kirk had seven catches for 76 yards, so good to see him get on track, but you certainly would like to see it in the course of a drive or an offense in which they're scoring points and not relying on the field goal. Yes, Mike Nugent remains perfect on the season as far as kicking field goals and PATs, but you can't have your first touchdown scored in the fourth quarter and that is something that needs to be corrected, and certainly I would not expect a shootout come this weekend be trained against the Rams given their offensive issues, especially at the quarterback position, but I'll point it back to the Cardinals. It's on them to get the job done, not trying to figure out what may or may not Sean McVay do offensively against them. you got to put your best foot forward. This is win or go home. There is no time to try to feel out in the first half. You've got to unload the chamber you've got to whatever bullets you have left you, you've got to fire them this game because uh, there is no tomorrow if you don't win there is no next week to try to work on what you didn't do well you've got to figure out what is going to 
be successful. And once you do, you've got to ride it till the wheels fall off. And for the schedule makers, I love the fact that every, most teams are going to play division opponents in week 17, so these games are going to matter. I, I love this because now everybody stays engaged all season long. And for the Cardinals to, to go through the Rams, a team that they've had a lot of uh, misfortune against the last couple years, uh, this would be the perfect team to, to break through against with everything on the line in week 17. I, I just think you couldn't have written the script any better than what we have set before us. To your point, B-Tran, on how the schedule sets up on Sunday, yeah, the Cardinals win and they're in. They could also reach the postseason with a Bears loss to the Packers as long as the Cardinals and Rams tie. Cardinals don't want that to happen. The Packers and Bears will be going on at the exact same time as Cardinals and Rams. And, yeah, you can control your own destiny. Don't look for a tie. You look for the win. And we will talk about what it's going to take to get that first win over a Sean McVay-led Rams team as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We have hit halftime every Tuesday, 11 to noon, year-round. And right now, closing in on the end of the 2020 regular season. Craig Riolu, Mike Drecki, and Bertram Berry. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Here's the best formation in football, the victory formation. That's it. 18 seconds left, and the Seahawks start to head to the middle of the field. The Rams do the same. What a game here at Lumen Field today. Two defenses held bent for leather, and the Seahawks played better. The Seahawks beating the Rams here in Seattle to win the NFC West title by a score of 20-9. to First time that I can remember, gentlemen, that I was actually rooting a lot for the Seattle Seahawks. That's just me. Just one day only. Just, yeah, okay, there you go. Just one day. The only day of 2020 because with that win, not only do the Seahawks clinch the NFC West, but they prevent the Rams from clinching a playoff spot. This Rams team, B-Train, has lost two games in a row. First time all season they have lost back-to-back games and have now failed twice to clinch a playoff spot, and they'll get another opportunity. Of course, the Cardinals standing in the way on Sunday. They can also back into the postseason as long as the Packers beat the Bears. But for the Cardinals, their one way is to win and not worry about anyone else. And, of course, the Rams feel the same way. But, uh, yes, as you said earlier in the last segment, you could not have written a better script to close out 2020. And the thing that, that you guys just said, uh, it made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Rooting for the Seahawks, that's just not going to happen. I am not. Sh- I don't care what the scenario is, I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to root for those guys. But when you start breaking down the, the Los Angeles Rams, this is a team that I felt was really held back by their quarterback. I thought he has really put them in a tough spot. And the fact that he's not playing, that, that kind of makes me sad because I would have loved to have seen him in the lineup because it would have given us a much better chance to win. And I know that seems kind of harsh to say, but that's just the cold reality. When you've seen Jared Goff play the majority of this year, it has not been stellar. It's been up and down, and, and uh, recently it's been mostly down. And I think he's really been the one thing that's held this team back because, as the announcer said, both de- both teams on defense have played really, really well, uh, and the Los Angeles Rams have as well. So you, you, you want to keep them – 
playing the way that they have been. You don't want them to get out of that funk. And, and uh, with this, this win-or-go-home scenario, we definitely want to be the better defense on the field. We want to be the better offense on the field. And we ultimately want to get out of that stadium with a, a hard-earned win that's probably going to be uh, as low-scoring as, as everybody anticipates. See, I agree with you, B-Train, on an assessment. However, when Jared Goff plays the Cardinals, he plays very, very well. We have not seen that inconsistent Jared Goff that the other teams have seen, that turnover-prone Jared Goff. We've seen the one that's gone 7-1 and one with 11 touchdowns, three interceptions in eight games. But I understand your points. I would much rather see him on the field than a John Walford. I always go with the known rather than the unknown. I mean, with John Walford, look, we know who he is or we really don't know who he is because he's had zero starts and really zero reps in the NFL. But, again, I, I, I don't care who they play. I care about how the Arizona Cardinals go about their business. If, if we handle our own business and not get so caught up in names on the other side of the ball, then this team will be just fine. Keep in mind, they, they've, they've exceeded the win expectations They've exceeded what people thought that they were going to do, and and the fact that they have an opportunity to still accomplish something else, yet still, I I think that uh, that's all the motivation that this Arizona Cardinals team needs, and if they go out and handle their business come Sunday, they would have realized a major goal that they set out at the beginning of the season. A ninth win, clinching a winning record and clinching a playoff spot for the first time since 2015. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. As a competitor, you want to be in big games and you want to have an opportunity to play in the postseason. Um, and, and you get both in, in this matchup. Uh, so it'll be a heck of a game. And the Cardinals certainly earlier on Saturday didn't think they would have that chance. They would need to win and then also get some help. But that was corrected by, as we heard coming into this segment, the Seahawks beating the Rams. And you would think, MJ, that motivation this week, you wouldn't need to find anything more than, hey, do you want to play in the postseason or not? Do you want to go home or not? And that should be the only thing that needs to be said in the locker room. It's real simple. You win or you lose, you go home. And, you know, listen, we know that the Rams have been the hammer and the Cardinals have been the nail since Sean McVay's been there. You beat them on Sunday, all of a sudden that goes away because now you're in the postseason. Rams have won seven straights. Cardinals have not beaten Sean McVay since he was hired in 2017. The other side of this, though, is how does this team respond after a lackluster effort against the 49ers? Hassan Reddick was asked that after the game. We'll see. It'll start in practice. We'll see what guys' attitudes uh, look like when we see what the intensity and the energy look like in practice. If uh, if it's not there, then, you know, the goal is to, you know, flesh this one out. You know, it is what it is now and uh, get ready for the next one. We got one more guaranteed and uh, try to go ahead and bring that W home. I think I know the answer to this, B-Train, as a former player, but I ask this again, or I ask it anyway, does this fall on the coaches this week or the players this week to make sure that we see a different team on Sunday rather than what we saw on Saturday? This is all about the players. It's their legacy. It's, it's their career. These coaches are going to play and coach in other games, but these players only have a, a finite amount of games that they're going to play, so... It is 100% on them. If they want to continue to play football uh, past 2020 into 2021, then they're going to have to go out there and earn it. They're going to have to prove it. And there's nobody that's going to be blamed other than themselves if they fall short. So 
regardless of, of, of what the coaches are going to say. And, and there, there shouldn't be much said from the coaches. They understand that this is a player's game. They've got to go out and win this game between the, between the stripes. And if they do that, then they will get all the credit and, and rightfully so. But, um, yeah, 100% this is on the players. And if they don't get it done, they'll have no one to blame but themselves. And they've been given new life, so to speak, here, MJ. Another opportunity, gifted an opportunity here. And now it is, what do they do with this opportunity? Yeah, I mean, it seems like we've been talking about, you know, getting to a nine or ten wins for the last month. And so they've really been in playoff mode. It's just they, you know, are going to get a break uh, because – the Seahawks beat the Rams, and so it's right there in front of them. It's not like they need help. It, it's real simple. You win, and you move on. You lose, you go home. So uh, there's not really a lot to debate. And, and if this team wants to show up and let everyone know that they're a playoff team, and I think they have shown flashes of that, you win on Sunday and you're in the postseason, and people will not talk about you know the ups and downs. We'll do that in the end. At, in the off season, but you get in the postseason. That's a big goal for anybody, like a head coach and a quarterback in their second year. What kind of effort will we see on Sunday? That is the question that we all are interested in finding out. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We have to figure out how we get better in a hurry and, and how we improve what we did on Saturday. Um, and that's on me to, to figure out how to make those changes and, and get it rolling in the right direction in a hurry. And so that's been my my focus, um, regardless of outcome of other games i know that we have to come a long way in a short time to be able to compete with the rams this week kingsbury Tran has taken a lot of the arrows or has fallen on the sword i guess is the better way to say a lot of the time especially after losses but i like what you had to say with respect to players legacy do you want to be known as a team that made the postseason and put the cardinals back on the map or part of a team that let another one slip away it's really that simple and and they're the ones that are going to – this is going to hang with them for the rest of their lives. And, and quite frankly, coaches, they're going to have – it's a job, and, and they're going to have other jobs to do. But for a player, when you're on the field, you have to own this. And, and this is what you're going to remember. This is what you're going to tell your grandkids. You're either going to tell them, you know what, we fell short, don't do it like grandpa did and, 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 and leave some in the chamber. No, you want to be able to tell grandkids, hey, I left it all out there on the field. I did everything that I could. I was exhausted. But you know what? It was worth it in the end because we achieved what we wanted to achieve, and that was playing extra football in January. We heard from Justin Pugh earlier today, quote, there's more on the line here than just us feeling bad. People won't have jobs if we don't make the playoffs. We know what's at stake, end quote. So at least from Pugh, from Jordan Hicks, and the players that we have heard, Christian Kirk, Hassan Reddick, they are all saying the right things, MJ. Now it's about doing the right thing. Yeah, and you expect that, you know, have a good week of practice. We hear over the last couple of weeks there's been an energy out there. I mean, it sounds like, you know, Buddha or Kyla Murray, you know, had, had some conversation to where, you know, it's time. There's nothing like the present time, and you can't really worry about what's happened over the last 15, 16 weeks. This is week 17. It's your 16th game. So, again, you know, if you're, if you're the Rams, I mean, they got beat by the Jets. That was two weeks ago. And here they lose to a team that, you know, has obviously been the, you know, the team to beat in the division with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. So they got to be questioning their confidence also. So, it's it, again, it all comes down to one game. We can just forget about the pass and whoever plays and who executes. And, you know, the turnovers have been an issue in the last couple of games. 
It didn't really affect them in the game prior to that. But the Cardinals got to force more turnovers. But, again, at the end of the day, um, just go out there and play, you know, I wouldn't say air-free football because we haven't seen a perfect game. But go out there and execute and make plays when you have to. And, and really, let's let's be honest and bottom line it, their five-star players have to play like five-star players. How big is this game? Well, it's on CBS for one, two, Jim Nance, Tony Romo will be on the call. The number one crew of CBS will have the action on television. And, of course, Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley on radio. 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins. 2.25 is the kickoff from SoFi Stadium. Cardinals looking to do something that they have not done since 2016. Win in L.A. They did then 44-6. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. When we come back, the last time the Cardinals and Rams met, we'll get into that on the other side here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Quick snap, Goff drops back to throw, fires near side, Everett wide open, caught at the 30, 35, 40, and up to the 45. What happened there? Gain of over 20 on third down and 11. Boy, that could be a killer right there. That is absolutely brutal. Somebody blew an assignment. I have no idea who it was. The Cardinals were playing zone, but boy, Pat P is fired up about it. That's terrible. Third and 11. You have a chance to get off the field. You got all kinds of momentum. And now they get a first down and they get to milk the clock with 11 and a half to go, leading by three. Brutal. Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, flashback to week 13 when the Cardinals hosted the Rams and lost 38 28. But that player there, third and 11, the 22 yard gain. Kept the Rams on the field, and Daryl Henderson would score a touchdown to make it 31-21. This immediately after the Cardinals had cut the deficit to three on a Kenyon Drake four-yard touchdown run, 24-21. So we know what is at stake, and we know the Cardinals have had their problems with the Rams over the years, at least since Sean McVay has been the head coach. And we also know that John Wolford will be the Rams' starting quarterback. Jared Goff underwent thumb surgery hopes to return for the postseason, but will not be on the field this week. Wolford will get the start, has never appeared in a regular season NFL game, former college player out of Wake Forest, and in the AAF, the Arizona Hotshots. Though the film now trying to figure out how to defend and prepare for a John Wolford. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. As best you can, some of that AFL tape, you know, he played at a high level there. Um, His college stuff, you know, he's a, a guy who can move around, makes plays with his feet. And so Sean will have him well coached and, and he'll be operating at a high level and we'll have to be ready for everything. I'll go back, though. Something that you said, B-Train, that it doesn't matter who's under center for the Rams because it's on the Cardinals to get over this hurdle, if you will, known as the Los Angeles Rams. Anytime you start worrying about personnel and, and, and different players, you, you lose sight of, of what's really important. What's important is that you play good team defense, that everybody's assignment conscious, and that you do what you're supposed to do. And if you do that, then it doesn't matter whose name is on the back of that uniform. You just know that there's a guy that's, that's on the other side, and, and you've got to go and tackle him or defeat him 
uh, if he's trying to block you. It, it really is not about the different guys that are on the field and, and what name and how much experience they do or don't have. I think it actually makes it a little tougher because you're not quite sure what Sean McVay is going to do with the Wofford. I mean, at this point, you'd rather have somebody that's known as opposed to somebody who's not known. But all that doesn't matter. Just go out and, and play the game as hard and as fast and as smart as you can and let everything else take care of itself. Now, the last time the Cardinals played the uh, the Rams, as you pointed out, the Rams were 9 of 15 on third down, which is 60%, 463 yards. The Cardinals only had 232 yards total offense, averaged 3.7 yards per play. And really, the matchup's going to be the Cardinals' offense against the Rams' defense. And that Rams' defense, after allowing a opening drive, touchdown, got the Cardinals off the field. Fourth straight three and outs and forced two turnovers. The time of possession certainly stood out, almost 39 minutes for the Rams, 21 minutes for the Cardinals, but a chance to correct that and a lot of things. In fact, uh, that we're talking about a win or go home. The other storyline, as we talked about going into last week's contest, MJ, could this be the final game period? for a Larry Fitzgerald whose first catch came against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, Josh McCown, as uh, Jimmy Omohundro pointed out to us, 100% correct. It was a flea flicker from Emmett Smith, and Larry caught the pass on Aeneas Williams. I need to correct myself. They were still in St. Louis back then. That's how long ago Fitz made his debut back in They were in all whites, young Larry Fitzgerald. Say it ain't so, B-Train. We still have another year of number 11, right? I'd love to say that. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't spoken with this, I, and I definitely wouldn't ask him about that because that's a personal decision that everybody has to come to on their own. Uh, I don't know if he really even knows if this is his last year. I would think that uh, he would want to come back and play, but sometimes father time, well, all the time, father time is undefeated, and it's just a matter of when you want to concede that and, and call it a day. The only thing he's missing besides the numbers – getting a chance to get back to the postseason, I think that would be the cherry on the Sunday for Larry Fitzgerald. And an opportunity coming up this Sunday. Again, 225 is the kickoff, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network, and we will join you next week, fingers crossed, talking about a postseason appearance for Larry Fitzgerald and the Arizona Cardinals. On that note, special thanks to our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Arizona Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it. He's in, touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.